you are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Bader Robbins. So, uh, as you might be able to tell, I've had a bit of trouble over the last couple of months getting this podcast out weekly. It's just been a really flat out, chaotic couple of months and yeah, finding the space and time to record has been difficult. So this is going to be my last episode for a little bit. Uh, I'm then going to come back at some point, having a holiday break. I'm going to come back at some point in January, finish off the first half of Musketeer Space, which is, I think, at this stage going to be about another five episodes, and then be taking a break from Musketeer Space to do a new Belladonna University serial, uh, and then coming back for the second half of Musketeer Space. So it's all still happening. It's all still going to be weekly. I'm just going to go away and take a break and then come back properly uh, in the new year. And I hope the rest of you all have a really great end of year, uh, Christmas for some of you, uh, just holiday period. Those of us in Australia tend to get a bit more holiday at this time of year, I know, than people in the Northern Hemisphere, but it just, it all depends. but yes, there's a lot of close of business and a lot of just finishing up. Our school year has finished now. So yeah, the kids are on break, which is also frankly going <laughs> to seriously affect my ability to podcast because there are people here in my house all the time. Anyway, I'm going to give you one more chapter of Musketeer Space. I haven't looked ahead with this chapter. I'm hoping it doesn't end on too bad a cliffhanger, but if it does, Ah, you can always read the book while you wait for me. And I'll see you all next year with more Musketeer Space. Musketeer Space, Chapter 26 Rendezvous at the Fountain of Tranquility. Dana's body reacted to the other woman's presence as if they were about to fight to the death, though Rosne Cho made no move to attack. Instead, the moth pilot from Myung leaned a hip against the glorious rock formation as if she had all night for Dana to think up something intelligible to say. It might take longer than that. I suppose we should start with the little tailor that could, said Ro, in that low, confident drawl of hers that had driven Dana to the point of rage back on Myung's station. Now it made her want to curl into a ball of embarrassment. I'll admit I was expecting to find him here with his pants around his ankles. Any thoughts? Dana lifted her chin. Oh, yes, there was the sting of anger that Roe usually aroused in her. I haven't seen him today. Stood you up, said Rosnacho, almost sounding sympathetic. That's a damned shame. What are you talking about? Dana couldn't be standing here in the palace gardens having a conversation about her love life with Rosne freaking Cho. It was impossible. She must have fallen asleep. Space lag could do that to a person. He's not in the palace, said Ro, with a brief shrug of her shoulder. And it wasn't me who abducted him this time. Bad news for Conrad Sue. My orders have always been to keep him alive. Dana's throat caught at that. You think he's dead? 
I haven't the faintest idea. But nothing short of abduction would have kept him from this cute little dance you two have going. Roe made a descriptive hand gesture just short of filthy. The Cardinal doesn't know where he is. The Prince Consort doesn't know where he is. His wife never knows where he is, and you are here alone. Every bit as clueless as the rest of us. That's a worry, don't you think? Dana gave up on trying to make sense of the fact that Rosne Cho was here talking like they were allies. She dropped to the ground, stretching out her legs. Sitting meant she was less likely to lose her temper and punch the special agent in the nose. Any suspects? One or two ideas, said Ro, looking down her nose at her. A rogue agent, most likely. Why are you telling me this? Ro joined Dana on the ground, crossing her legs neatly under her, as if she sat on garden paths every day of the week. There's a subtle form of interrogation that they teach us about at Special Agent Academy. Not sure if you've heard of it. It's called a conversation. I thought perhaps we could have one. I'm sure you'll get the hang of it as we go along. Dana searched Rose's face for some kind of clue as to what was going on here. She saw nothing. Roe met her gaze without hesitation. She did not look or feel like an enemy. This was wrong on so many levels. We're not friends, Dana said finally. She couldn't access the anger she'd felt in the past. The combined loss of Athos, Aramis and Porthos, followed by the revelation that Conrad was missing, it left her numb. But that didn't mean she was going to be an idiot. We don't have to be friends, Roe told her. We're professionals. Whatever you think of my employer and I, we serve the crown. The church, Dana corrected. Roe's smile only widened. The church serves the crown. Does it really? Kid, let's try to keep the treasonous paranoid conspiracy theories to a minimum, shall we? For once. I haven't committed treason, Dana said hotly. Roe looked at her for a long moment, her smile shifting into something thoughtful and not altogether nice. That's good, she said, because I haven't arrested you for treason. It would be a terrible thing for both of us if we turned out to be wrong. A long silence stretched between them. It made Dana's shoulder blades itch, but it didn't seem to worry Roe at all. She relaxed into the silence and brought that smile of hers back into play. It should be classified as an intergalactic weapon. By the way, the trick with the pastries? That was adorable. Amateur as hell. But that's why it worked. I never saw it coming. Amateur as hell shouldn't be a compliment. But in Rose's mouth it sounded exactly that, and Dana was struggling to get past the implications of adorable. How much do you know? she asked finally. Oh, Buttercup, don't show your hand too soon, Rose said. 
laughing at her with her eyes. I know more than you'd like me to know about the shit you've been up to since you got to Paris. But I know less than I would like. That's why this conversation is necessary. This felt more like a duel than a conversation, and Roe was winning. Hands down. What is it that you really want to say? Dana demanded. You'll forgive me if I don't want to banter with the bitch who flashburned me unconscious and stole my ID and credit the first time we met. Interesting attempt to take the moral high ground from the scrappy little cunt that stole my moth and abducted my engineer, said Rosnacho, the words coming out as calmly as if she was saying she preferred lemon in her tea. The warmth bled out of her face, leaving her cold and professional. It was an impressive shift. Dana wished she could control her own features so readily. This is what you need to know, kid. I could have destroyed you by now, if I thought you were a serious threat. Does that mean you don't think I'm a threat, or that you don't take me seriously? Dana didn't know whether to be relieved or insulted. Ro laughed once, a short, sharp sound. Both. But I can't help being fascinated by what you'll do next. It's like watching a spaceship crash. Okay, now Dana knew she was being insulted. You're dangerous, Ro conceded. But you're so bloody new at this, you don't even know what the rules are. Shutting you down would be like kicking a puppy for peeing on the floor. Definitely thoroughly insulted. But if the Cardinal asked you to shut me down, Dana pushed, you would, wouldn't you? Roe looked exhausted. Her eminence is not your friend right now, D'Artagnan. But that doesn't mean she is your enemy. If I were you, I'd make an effort to keep it that way. My Lord de Winter, Dana blurted. Rosnay Cho's face went very still. Go on, she said. What about him? He's one of the Cardinal's agents, isn't he? He works with you. Having Rose full attention was worse than she'd imagined. Dana tried not to swallow or blink or reveal in any way how nervous she was in the face of that steely gaze. She didn't want to provide further entertainment. A puppy that pees on the floor, that's what she thinks of me. I'd classify my lord as freelance, if anything, Rose said finally. He's done work for the church, some work for the crown. I've never managed to parse his loyalties. He's ruthless and he's useful and he always has his own agenda, running in the background. Could he be the rogue agent? It was a thought that had been in Dana's head since Roe told her that Conrad was missing. Vaniel de Winter was here. He'd been at the palace last night. Was that a coincidence? Was he really here because of his sister or the Marquise de Ward? If he knew Dana's true identity and her previous mission, if 
He knew as much about Dana and Conrad as Rosnay Cho obviously did. Roe pressed her lips together, giving the matter some thought. Do you have any reason to believe that? she asked finally. I met him, that's all, when I... recently... She was not going to admit to the matter of the diamonds, not even if the secret agent knew every single detail. He didn't know who I was. Oh, buttercup, said Ro, as if she felt sorry for her. If you believe that, you're greener than I thought. Dana's calm trilled. She tapped it, hoping to hear Conrad's voice. Instead, Planchet's voice sounded in her ear. Chief! I have a location for Porthos now, and a ransom request. Dana blinked. Ransom for Conrad? No, for Porthos. Has Conrad been kidnapped again? Madame Sue's going to be so pissed off. Maybe, don't tell her yet. I'll be back as soon as I can. Flight plan filed? Done and done, said Planchet, sounding gleeful. I told the Madame I was going to visit my mother for a week. She threw a wobbly, but I let her dock my pay, and she cheered up. Good, thanks. Sorry about the pay thing. See you soon. Dana stood up, stretching her legs. At this rate, she was going to have to become a musketeer, purely so she could ensure someone was providing Planchet with a salary. I have to go. Of course, said Rosnay Cho letting her shoulders rise and fall in something like a shrug, but more elegant. Find your friends. Bring them home. I'm not going to stop you. Why not? Dana asked. Ro rose to her feet. No one's paying me to stop you, kid. Not yet, at least. Move fast. You never know when that might change. Her politeness was doing Dana's head in. Rosnecho piled on the surreal by extending a hand towards Dana, as if they were respected colleagues. Dana shook her hand, feeling a tingle of warmth at the connection. Tonight could not get any weirder. But no, that wasn't true, because Ro leaned in, brushing her mouth against Dana's cheek in an intimate gesture which felt like a kiss. If my lord has your boyfriend, she whispered near Dana's ear, I'm sorry, Buttercup, but you're not getting him back. She released Dana's hand and walked away across the palace gardens without another word. So, Dana muttered to herself, that was a Thing that happened.